around the world. The Spirit is moving and a voice is being heard. Welcome to The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford. You can write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. We'll give you that address again at the close of today's broadcast. But here now is David Langford. Hello, friends. Pastor David Langford here. We'd like to welcome each of you today to this edition of The Voice of Evangelism International Ministries. Today is Tuesday, October the 27th. 2020, exactly one week away from our presidential election. You know, we hear this every four years. The greatest, most significant, most important election ever. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, that has been more true from every president I've ever been able to remember. Admittedly, I don't remember Dwight Eisenhower, but from John F. Kennedy to now, I remember all of the presidents. I remember in 63 when John Kennedy was assassinated. Never forget, it was the third grade. I was in the third grade, eight years old. And we were living in Charleston, South Carolina, on Ruheimer Street. And I remember in the day we had the intercom system. They may still have them that went through the whole school. And the school principal came over the intercom and gave us the tragic news that the president of the United States has been assassinated. I distinctly remember my school teacher she picked up the Bible. I was a kid. I don't know where she read from, but she read from the Holy Scriptures. And then she prayed over us third graders and the nation. Can you imagine that happening today? Some 57 years ago what people would do today would sue her and parents would castigate her, encroach her life, eviscerate her because she had the audacity to, to pray with their children sitting under her voice. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I don't care who it bothers. Daniel prayed. The Iranians, the Medo-Persian Empire, made a decree that you could not pray unless you consented the king. But Daniel every day, three times a day, would open his windows and pray toward Jerusalem, the city of God. The politicians they hated that. Let me tell you something. These politicians hate God. They're God-haters. They hate God. They hate prayer. They hate Christianity. Don't you think the majority of the senators and the Democratic Party and, and, uh, 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 and congressmen, they hate God? 
Socialism is an enemy of God. God is a capitalist. If God was socialistic, why isn't everybody co-equal? Why are there millionaires and why are there poor people? Jesus said, the poor you have with you always, but me you don't always have. See, Judas was a socialist. He said, we can sell all of this and give it to the poor. The, the, the church, the nominal church is, is stupid. Yeah, I said that. I don't mind saying that because the church, the nominal secular church is stupid because that's not the church, the body of Christ. How can you say that? They don't know the word of God. The Laodicean church says we're rich. We're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. God says, wait a minute. You're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I never fail to be amazed at how God sees us and how we see ourselves. Vast difference. So they made a decree that you can't pray without consenting the king. Daniel prayed anyway. They had him arrested, and they put him in a lion's den. God just made all those lions leather sofas for Daniel to rest on. How, how would you like a heated sofa? I don't know what time of year it was. I could probably go back and search it out through the scriptures what month it would be in. Then caves were usually pretty cool, cold. God just gave him a bunch of heated sofas. The king couldn't wait till the next day. He ran to the den. Daniel, Daniel, has your God preserved you? Has your God kept you? <laughs> Old king, live forevermore. I'm cool. I'm cool. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm comfortable down here. These heated sofas don't mess with God. Don't toy with God. Don't play with God. God is big. God is so big. Boys, I get older, and the more time I spend in his presence, I'm beginning to realize he is so mammoth. He's a behemoth. He is so big he can do anything. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, for thou art great, and thy name is great in might. That was the verse I sent to the man I told you about yesterday. It came back to my mind just now about the man I was in prayer for the attorney, and God laid him on my heart, and I emailed him. That was the verse the Lord laid on my heart. Jeremiah 2.32, Can a maid forget her ornaments or bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. And also Jeremiah 10.6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, for thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Well, YouTube has censored us with our song I like to play, When I Pray, I Feel Jesus. But I'm going to pray anyway. I just don't need the music. I'll just pray and let the words of the Lord, let the Spirit of Christ bring the solace, the comfort, the healing, the soothing 
ministry that you need in your spirit. Father, I come again today humbly before your august, glorious, and mighty, mighty, mighty throne. There is no throne like your throne, God. Your throne is so magnificent with all of the elders and all of the creatures, the seraphim, the seraphim, the seraphim. They're, they're, all, they're all around the throne of God. And they rest not day and night crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That's in your hearing all the time. They rest not day or night. They never stop. They never cease. They never sleep. They never get lunch. They never drink water. They don't have to because they're spiritual beings. And they say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. My, how magnificent is your throne. And Lord, as humble vessels and broken creatures, we come to that throne today. The Apostle Paul said we can come boldly to that august throne that we might find help in the day of trouble. Lord, we're in trouble. I acknowledge the trouble. I'm not going to deny the trouble in the land. I'm not going to deny the divisiveness, the hatred, the malice, the, the killing, the looting, the murdering, the abortions, the relentless shedding of innocent blood. I'm not going to deny it. What good would it do because you see it all? But I come, Lord. I come in the name of your son, Jesus and I humbly ask you to hear my humble petition today. My words, my vocabulary is so limited, but you understand my heart. You understand me better than I understand myself. My mind knows a few words, but my heart yearns. My spirit yearns for your presence, your holy presence in my life. God, I love you. God, I love you so much. Sometimes I wish I were capable of loving you even more than I love you now. Grant me as Jabez said, enlarge my coast. Grant me, Lord, to love you more than I love you now. Grant me my petition to love you and to honor you more than I ever have in my years of ministry and serving you. Help me to honor you more. Help me to be more pleasing in thy sight. Help me to never allow sin, wickedness, 
debauchery, debasedness, to ever take control of my life and hinder my walk with you, Lord. And I will continue to ask you for tens of thousands of souls. I don't know how that's possible in my mind, but I know with God all things are possible to them that believe. I was told as a young preacher, David, pray God make you a soul winner. I never forgot those words of wisdom because it never crossed my mind at 24 years of age to be a soul winner, to pray to be made a soul winner. But God, I pray you'll grant me my request of winning souls. When people hear the voice of evangelism, they'll hear the Holy Ghost conviction of God. And like one man said one day, he was riding down the road and he pulled over and he got out of his truck and he got on his knees and wept and cried and said, God, save me. Then another man was riding down the road listening to this program on a podcast. He was going to have sex with a woman, a married woman, and he was married. But in the radio program that night, I had prayed that somebody that was going to commit adultery would not do it. The next day, that man heard that voice. And he texted that woman and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I quit. You work on your marriage. I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to go back and stay with God and my wife. You showed me you can do things that are impossible. Because with you, there's nothing impossible. Oh, with men, there is so many impossibilities. But with God, nothing is impossible. You prove that to Mary, that young, virtuous, little 16-year-old girl. Mary, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee, and that which shall be conceived in thy womb shall be holy. She said, how shall this be, for I know not a man? I've never had intercourse, Lord. I've never had a sexual relationship with a man, and I'm going to conceive, and nobody's going to even touch me. With God, Gabriel said, nothing shall be impossible. Lord, there's some people listening to me right now. Right now, there's some people listening to me, And, Lord, they believe where they are and what they're facing is utterly, totally, completely impossible. But you say it's not impossible because I'm the God, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Lord, you're asking someone that question today. Is there anything too hard for me? I know the answer. There's nothing too hard for you. Lord, I think of the benefits of being a Christian and serving you. In Psalms 103, David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth thee of all thine iniquities, who healeth thee of all thy diseases. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Your benefits are innumerable. We can't count them. I'm 65 years of age, and like David, I've never been forsaken. I've never had to beg for bread. You've always been faithful. There are times the enemy sought to utterly destroy me, the voice of the voice of evangelism. But you stepped in the midst of the storm, and you wouldn't let it happen. Because at 12 years of age, you said, I have a work for you to do. And that work will come to fruition. It will not be stopped. It will not be stayed. It may be hindered. It may be encroached upon at times, but it will not be stopped. For who can stop the Lord? Who can stop my hand, saith the Lord? Who has the power to arrest me, shackle me, cuff my hands behind my back. Who can do that to me, says the Lord? For behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything impossible for me? No. I say, trust me right now in your circumstance. Trust me in your situation. Trust me. Don't you call no one. Do not email anyone. Do not text anyone. Trust me, says the Lord. Show me your faith by your not trying to work it out in your own way. Show me your faith. And I'll show you my power, says the Lord. I'll show you my might in the midst of your circumstance, in the midst of your situations. For I am God, and there is none like unto me. No one is like unto me, says the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the unction of the Holy Ghost. I thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord, your spirit, your quickening spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for taking care of everything. For Peter declared, Casting all your care upon the Lord, for he careth for you. I know you care. And I unload, I cast every care, every burden on you today, Lord. I just, I cast it all on you. Those listening, cast it all on the Lord. Just give it to him and walk away from it. Leave it at the altar. Walk away. Walk away. The Lord says, walk away. You're fighting, you're struggling, you're warring. Walk away from it, says the Lord. Just walk away from it. You can't do it in your own power. 
but God says he'll take care of it. And he will do it in such a manner, in such a way. You will know it's God. There will be peace. There will be tranquility. There will be placidity. There will be a calm. There will be a solace. It will not be grievous, says the Lord. It will be peace. For I am the God of peace. I will speak to your situation, and my words will bring peace. Because I'm the God of all peace. I am peace personified. I'm not just a word. I am the Prince of Peace. I am peace, says the Lord. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not yet know, but you will know in my time, because your times are in my hands, says the Lord. Your times are in my hands. They're not in yours, but they're in mine. And at my time, my time, you will see and you will know because when that happens, you will recognize this is the time. This is the day of the Lord's working. That not of man's. That not of man's. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for your words of wisdom and your words of knowledge. Thank you for the gifts of your spirit. Just as we see fruit on a tree, so are the gifts of your spirit. I can look at a pear tree and say, that's a pear. I look at an apple tree and say, that's an apple. And so I can see and witness the fruit And the gift, that is the gift of wisdom. That is the gift of knowledge. That is the gift of discernment. We can see it. We can know it. And I give you all praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Father, before I cease in this prayer, I know what the Holy Ghost just said was more than I could measure. The election is next next, next week this time. I believe you're trying to encourage your people and strengthen your people and uplift your people, Lord. You're you're trying to show your people you're still God. You're on your throne. And you want the people to listen to your voice, not the voice of a stranger, but the voice of a Savior, the voice of a Redeemer, the voice that's only the true voice, For there are many voices, but your voice is the true voice. And you said, my sheep, they know my voice, and a stranger, they will not follow. I rebuke the strange voices. I pray a spirit of divine protection upon the listeners their ears and their hearing, that they will no longer listen to those voices. But they will only listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. For the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. There is no voice like your voice, Lord. 
Move Tuesday. This time next week, Lord, begin to move miraculously. Protect the blood-bought, the redeemed. Protect us from the wiles of the devil. I'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. I thank you and I praise you now. Because you said it's in your time. And I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. And I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Share this. Share this word. Share this word so that others might be edified, encouraged, and ministered to. Go to work for God, people. Go to work for God. Quit listening to all this junk. It's just junk. Quit listening. To, go to work for God. Work the works of God while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. Spend time in his word. Spend time on your knees and you will see God prevail in his time. Amen. Want to play a song by Lee Williams entitled, Oh, I Want to See Him. Y'all come on, put your hands together. As I journey through this land, singing as I go, pouring souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul. From without, within But my Lord leads me on Through Him I must win Oh, oh, I want to see And the face That day
Take that, Mac. I want you to hear just a few more minutes of this song. see his face no more tears can you believe there's a day there's going to be a world where there's no more tears no more tears no more weeping even in prayer can you believe that revelation 21 verse 4 and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things 
what has been, in other words, has going to have been passed away forever. You see, the world as we know it, one day will no longer be like it is. Now, if the Lord came tomorrow, which he will not, he's not coming in the next seven years. That puts me at least at 72 and a half. So he's not coming tomorrow because the scriptures have not been fulfilled for that to happen. My point is, heaven and earth, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So there's, there's coming a particular day, as Revelation 21, 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Did you know there won't even be any germs? Can you believe that? No more germs. That's after the millennial reign. I want to pick back up where we left off yesterday about the mind being shaken, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled in spirit, neither by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. The word shaken, I, I, I can't get away from this. This is why this is going to be an extenuated teaching. The word shaken here in the Greek means to be to waver, to become agitated to the point of being rocked, to the point of being rocked, to being trampled to such a degree that some will succumb to utter destruction. Now, this is how heavily the shaking is going to be. That's what the word shaken, that you be not soon shaken to waver to become agitated to the point of being rocked and trampled to such a degree that some will succumb to utter destruction. That's, that's the magnitude, that is the gravity, that is the enormity of this little word shaken. That you know, People have asked me for years, would you please teach the book of Revelation? I don't know that I could honestly teach it and the rest of my life, because I don't just run over the words, I dissect, I dissect every, I exegete every word so that I understand the gravity of what the Bible is saying. Now, this shakening is going to be so great that some will succumb to utter destruction. That's not God's fault, because God says that you be not soon shaken. Don't be shaken. I'm watching, you're watching, all sorts of crazy stuff. Paul says, don't let it shake you. See, right now, Satan is goading. He's inciting rage coupled with fear within the populace of the United States of America. This evil demise, this departure from the faith is preparing the way for this evil revolution, this civil war, and the coming of the Antichrist, and then, finally, the coming of Jesus Christ. This is the sequence. This is the protocol. 
So that's why I'm telling you, you have so many false prophets who are trying to get the cart before the horse. You have to follow the divine sequence of events. You've got to be careful who you listen to. They will mislead you because they're trying to sell a book. They're trying to sell a DVD series. They're trying to make money. I had someone, I won't call the names, but they were selling a book. If I call their name, everyone listening would know them. So they teased and so the, the, the dear brother, the brother is a, is, is a brother, a man of God. He supports this ministry faithfully. He said, when I bought the book, I read the book, I didn't know a bit more than what I knew by what the man had said on television. That's an imposter. That's a liar. He's a huckster. He deceived the brother into buying the book that if he bought the book, you're going to get all this information. I share everything. I share things on our DVDs. I'm not pushing DVDs. We have them. I'm more thorough in DVDs because I stay on that one particular subject like this word shaken. If you want more detail, you want more instruction, I get schematics when I buy a piece of equipment. I get a, a schematic. I get an instruction about that piece of equipment. It's more thorough. I know how to crank up a, a, a pressure washer and change the oil in it and all those things. But then I have to read about changing the, the input on the sprayer for, this, for it to do this, to do this, to do this, to do this. That's what that helps me, more detailed. So you buy a book thinking you're going to get a whole lot more detail. But my brother, my brother Neil said, I didn't get a bit more than what he said on television. That's sad. See, that's making merchandise of the people, but they'll tell you, I'm a Christian. It's trickery, it's chicanery, and it's in the church. It's in the body of Christ. That's why you have to be careful. That's why you have to be careful. Matter of fact, I'm going to turn to that real quick here. I want you to understand that Peter's telling you this is, this is how you're going to know who's telling you the truth and not. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers. See, these guys will not tell you they're a prophet. They'll tell you, I'm a teacher. Peter calls them false teachers, among who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. They're going to tell you things that will literally damn your soul. That scares me when I read that. I don't want to ever be associated with heresy, especially damnable heresies. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, they may not openly deny the Lord and him being a savior, but what did Jesus say in Matthew 24, 5? For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You take Matthew 24, verse 5, it lines right up with 2 Peter 2, verse 1. You could superimpose both, both verses because it's the same Holy Ghost and the same author. 
Here's the trouble. Verse 2, 2 Peter 2, verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious. What does the word pernicious mean? The word pernicious means damnable. What they are purveyors of is damnable. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. What did I tell you last week about the word many? It's never good. It's never good. Here again, it's used. And many shall follow their pernicious or damnable ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. They speak evil of the truth. Oh, this prosperity gospel. See, they, they, they speak evil. They speak evil. They, they, they speak evil because they'll tell you, oh, all God wants to do is bless you. Well, then why did Jesus say the poor you have with you always? I heard one, one person say, God wants everybody to be rich. But Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. Doesn't make sense, does it? But see, you have to, you have to read all of the Bible to get all of the truth. Let me continue on. And through covetousness, covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Through covetousness shall they with feigned words. These men covet money. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled. By spirit, by word, or by letters from us. These covetous men are going to make merchandise out of the people and with feigned words. Now, I've shared this. You can look it up yourself in the strong, exhaustive concordance. Look up the word feigned, F-E-I-G-N-E-D. It's number 4112 in your strong, exhaustive concordance in the Greek section. you got two sections. you got the Hebrew and you got the Greek. 4112 is the Greek word for feigned. The Greek word itself is plastos, plastos. We get the English word plastic. Now, when I was in my teen years, a teenager, early 20s, they'd say, man, he's plastic. Well, what does that mean? He's not real. Isn't it amazing 2,000 years ago the Apostle Peter was using vernacular? like There wasn't no such thing as plastic back then. It's wood, metal. They didn't have injection moldings and all of those things. Plastic. Plastos. Plastos. Can you believe that? Plastic. Peter's talking about it. Peter's telling you. These men are going to be plastic. They're not real. They're fake. I could sit here and name off a litany of fake people that I have personally know, I've personally met. I'll stop right there. They're plastic. They're not real. They want you to think they're real. So you, you can live one life behind this microphone. You see this microphone right here? You see this microphone? You can't see the camera, but believe you me, you're watching me because of a camera. 
These people live behind this microphone, and they live behind that camera one way, one lifestyle, one, 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 one mode, one method. But when they walk out of the studio, well, they live another way. Sad, but true. Right now, the spirit of agitation is running rampant through the earth. Remember the writer in Revelation chapter 6, verse 4, the rider on the red horse, he takes peace from the earth and that they should kill one another with the sword. You see, Satan is goading. Satan is inciting rage coupled with fear throughout the entirety of America. You see, the fertile soil of the minds of men will be where all this begins. It first begins right here. Before ever Cain slew Abel, it was right here first. In his heart, but in his mind, he contemplated, he ruminated, he meditated, and finally he sought the time, the moment to kill his own brother, Abel. Satan is filling the minds of people and planting evil seeds and making their thoughts to be evil. And he's putting that evil and those evil thoughts into everyone he possibly can. Now, you've seen things on television. I've seen things on television. I don't, I don't know how they think of those things. I do, but I, I don't know in the natural. It is demonic. It's, it's inspiration from hell. It's inspiration from the devil. It is the devil inspiring their minds to do this stuff. Some of the stuff people say, I, I, I can't go there. I don't know how to get there. Why? I've been serving God now for, for 43 years. I, I don't know how to get there. I don't want to get there. I want to keep myself in the secret place of the Most High. You see, here's the devil. He's trying to shake your mind, shake your mind, shake your mind. What does God say? Isaiah 26, verse 3, whose mind is stayed on thee, he will keep him in perfect or complete peace. Now, I've got peace in my heart. I've got peace in my heart. Right now, the devil has tried to steal my peace. He's tried to create a tempest. He's tried to create a storm for the last year. But I'm not going to let the devil move me. I, I pray you've not seen me move or vary in the last year in the ministry of the word that I've been bringing forth. But don't you think for a moment hell has not bombarded me with everything it has. I have been in a war of my life. Well, what is it? It, it? it doesn't mean anything to you. You can pray for me. You can love me. You can help me. But for me to sit here and cry and whine and complain and murmur, that's not going to change my battle. Listen, Paul said, all men forsook me. 
2 Timothy 4, 16, 17. All men forsook me, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. It's been the Lord standing with me and strengthening me. Now, he's used many of you through your prayers. I know you've prayed for me. You've wept over me. You've cried. You've lamented. You have been burdened. God put a burden on you because of me. I hate that for you because I don't want to be a burden to you. But God does that because he wants to help me, and he uses you to do that. And vice versa. I'll be down in prayer, and God brings somebody to me and burdens me, and I have to pray. I mean, I don't have to, but because I love people, I do. Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, his mind was the mind of a servant. He took on the form of a man. He never thought more highly of himself than he than he should have thought. Now, my God, he could have thought so highly of himself, and rightly so. Why? He was the Son of God. John 3, 34 said he was given the Spirit without measure. He could have walked around and said, don't you realize I can call down legions of angels and stop this crucifixion? But he didn't think more highly of himself. You see, that's where in our finite pea brains, we can't understand that. We we can't understand that. But But we can understand the part of having a godly, righteous mind and saying, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to rebel. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to smoke dope. I'm not going to watch pornography. You, You can get that mind as Christ had it. But again, that is a choice. Not only are men's minds going to be filled with untold evil, this evil has repercussions. And those repercussions are going to create fear and anxiety. People are going to be troubled. People are going to be troubled. Who was it that said, let not your heart be troubled? You believe in God? Believe also in me. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. I won't quote the whole thing, but don't be troubled. That's what the word troubled in the Greek is agitated. You see, you get agitated. You ever been agitated? I have. I'm not going to lie. People agitate me sometimes. Boy, I have to use restraint when they do. I got a guy that emails me once, twice, three times every week. As far as I know, he's never sent a dime to this ministry. But I'm kind, and I write him back, and I respond because he has a failed and broken marriage. Those of you watching me, listening to me, you think this is all I do right here. You, you, you think this is all what I, I, I prepare my notes, I prepare to come in here and minister, but this is the smallest part of what I do. This, this, is, this is the fun part. Yeah, man, I'm on video 
I'm on a microphone. This is the fun part. It's like when I was pastoring, going to the pulpit on Sunday morning. We got a text yesterday from a dear, dear friend. We both began in ministry together. Brother Roger Franklin, he's about to pass away. Remember that family. There's so much that I deal with on the outside that that I don't get on here and tell you everything that well, there'd be no purpose in that but it's it's constantly people under distress duress problems anxiety and this is what Paul said is going to happen they're going to be shaken in their minds I you know I should be furthering this teaching because I've got to get to verse 12 and I'm still on verse 2 troubled in their minds then this anxiety, and during this COVID shutdown, there's been more antidepressant drugs and alcohol sold or prescribed than ever before. If they would just get on their knees and say, God, help me, you wouldn't believe how much God would help you. Jesus warned us as his disciples of these particular days. that's See, we're not to the end yet. Let me quote it again. This, and it makes people mad. I don't care. I'm sick and tired of people criticizing me when they don't know their Bible. You shall hear of wars. Matthew 24, 6. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We're not at the end. We're not there. We're getting there, but we are not there. Jesus said these particular days are going to be days of fear. And that's why he used the word perplexity. Remember that word? Luke 21, 20, uh, uh, Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 26. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. There's that word shaken. Paul says everything's going to shake. Going to shake. Now the word perplexity is unique. Upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. Perplexity means to be at a loss mentally, having no way out. That's, that's a terrible state and place to get into. A state and a place where you say, I, I can't get out. Oh, let me tell you, there is a way out. It's Jesus. I am the way out. I am the truth to get you out. I am the life to get you out. God's going to get you out. Now, some of you, like me, he's going to warm your little buns for a while because you need some dross. You need some things burned out of you, and you don't want it burned out. But he's chosen you to the furnace of affliction. You don't like that furnace of affliction. No, when you see the furnace coming, it's like, run, 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 run. But he said, I have chosen you 
for the furnace of affliction. Why did he choose you for the furnace of affliction? Because there are some things in you that he needs to get out of you that, well, you don't like it. The furnace part, he says that's what's best for you. Isaiah 48:10. Behold, I have refined thee, not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Why would God choose you to the furnace of affliction? Because you're not where you need to be. You're not where you need to be. But let me tell you something about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to get you exactly where you need to be. And that furnace of affliction is going to be hot. But endure it. Endure whatever comes your way. Endure it until the end. And if you do, he said you're going to be saved. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week in the Lord. Let's see what happens between now and next Tuesday night concerning the election of the United States of America. God bless you. The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford is brought to you by the faithful listeners and supporters throughout America. If you're looking for an uncompromising message, we invite you to tune in each week to The Voice of Evangelism. For more information, write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. That's P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020.